Should we start off? Yeah, go on. Well, so welcome to Creator's Confession. This should be the fourth, I think the fourth, fourth episode. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, I'm Miranda, and today we've got Lewis with us. Lewis is a writer, a producer, ex-actor, but he will definitely have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, um, yeah, let's start off. Let's introduce yourself. Uh, what do you do? What do you run? Your company, your background... Tell us. Oh, where do you want me to start? Kangaroo start at the very beginning. Um, yeah, so as Sammy said, I, I have my own company, Magnetic Island Productions. We work in theatre and film. Um, relatively new company, just a couple of years old, okay. but I sort of started it to start producing and writing and creating my own passion projects, if that makes sense. Sort of living the dream, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. That's how it has to be. Yeah. Now, we were saying before, the main focus of the, co- of the company is theatre, mm. and that's what it was created to be, wasn't it? And now you're starting to get into film. Yeah, well, I don't know if you know, but I guess last year was a little bit difficult for theatres, you know, with this <laughs> it was thing that's been... for film uh, and Yeah, well, for film well, yeah, as okay. well, yeah, for but sure. theatres were completely shut yeah, off. Yeah, I mean, they're still struggling a lot of companies are still struggling and a lot i guess didn't even make it through it's been a really difficult time so in that time i sort of swapped over to film i started reading screenplays watching a lot more film as well and i just sort of it was like that that thing that's always been there you know that I don't know, maybe that rose bush on your way back home or whatever, you just sort of never notice. And then you stop one by and you have you're a like, look oh, and you're wait. like, wow, that's actually a really beautiful rose bush. And yeah, I've sort of spent- I love the, this kind of analogy that you're using. The, the rose bush, yeah, yeah that's, mate. That's amazing, yeah. honestly. Um, and so I guess, yeah, over the past year and a half, that's really been my main focus for but sure. I guess everyone in the in the kind of creative or film industry, theatre arts, or in any kind of art sector had to reinvent themselves and look beyond what they were used to yeah. in order to actually carry on. Because we know it's hard to actually make it out in the film industry. And the only way to do it is to actually jump back on a horse when there's a fallback and keep going yeah, absolutely. in whatever direction. Yeah. As long as they keep going. Yeah. And that's the same thing that I was uh, listening to today in terms of big hits and what Martin Scorsese says, which is every time that there is a big hit, mm. a new director, writer, um, anyone that makes a big hit, the best thing to do is to just jump back on the horse and keep going. And that's the same thing when it comes to fallbacks, not just yeah. hits in film. Yeah. So it's good that you managed to find something, a way out of it. Yeah, I guess it, it's quite a tricky thing. I speak to a lot of my, a lot of my friends are, are actors, right? And they've a lot of them have struggled a lot during the pandemic as well, due to you know they've had roles uh, lined up and those have been cancelled. And it is really hard when you've, especially when you've been deep in a project or been working on something for a while, and it just sort of the rug gets pulled. And we've been talking a lot about motivation. Um, And this is something that, you know, it definitely comes in waves. It comes and goes. I don't know how you find it, Sammy, but, you know, for me, you know, some days I'll wake up and go, you know, I have so much energy today. I'm I'm jumping out of bed. I've got so much to do, you know, and it's just everything's flowing. But it's on those days where you get out and you're like, oh, God, you can't remember exactly why you're doing this and you lose your way a bit. It's this fickle thing, right? Yeah, everyone, everyone's been struggling with motivation. Everyone that's come on a podcast up to now, which isn't many people because this is the fourth. Yeah, but I'm on it. Everyone that I've spoken to has this kind of problems in terms of motivation. Yeah. And as far as, you know, we know that it is because of COVID and the lockdown and what has happened in, uh, you know, from 2020, mm. but you can't help it from taking it 
personal on one level because you're like, yeah. am I the one falling back? Am I the one that's lost motivation or mm. am I in the wrong because I'm not doing enough? And it isn't like that. I mean, everyone's in the same situation. Most film sets uh, gather people which have always been on their films so they don't go and grasp yeah, new talents and they especially don't go to students. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of students have been turned down in terms of opportunities, whether it's apprenticeships, internships, or just work experiences mm. because they are students. They don't want to risk anything extra on set. Yeah. And, you know, you just feel discouraged from your art, whether mm. you're a writer, director. And once you stop the practice, yeah. once you stop writing or being on set, it comes, it becomes a bad you know, um, what's it called? You get used to it in a bad way. Yeah. And every day, every day you go on without actually creating, without even sitting down for a couple hours mm. and writing, you just start losing the momentum and it becomes a habit. Yeah. But that is, uh, you know, that's another, another topic in terms of you don't have to work, you know, 15 hour days, but just put those two hour qualities, two hours of quality work in every day, mm. but just make sure that it's consistent. Yeah, that's it. People just need to get out of bed now and start yeah. hustling again because the film industry is opening back. Yeah, it's it's time, right? And I mean, <laughs> what the mantra that I try and live by every day, because I find that for me personally anyway, especially when I was younger, sort of your age as well, I would have these sort of, there's not much that uh, much of an age difference. Mate, I will exactly. say that. You're talking but there, like, you're, but there's, you're a talking like you're there's a little you're bit. There's like a little bit. Yeah. What, six years older than there's me. enough. Right. Um, but you know, sometimes I got caught up in these ideas of all these grand plans, right? I want to be shooting, uh, sorry, I want to be building these massive plays and I want to be shooting features and I want to be directing all this stuff and I want to go to LA and stuff like that. But, you know, as I've gotten older, a little bit older. Okay. Wiser. Definitely. Well, wiser maybe. <laughs> a, little uh, a little bit. Maybe I've regressed a little bit in that okay. way. But, um, but just like you said, just improving each day and, and being better than you were yesterday. That's what I'm trying to say. When you wake up, your only job is to be better than you were yesterday. And that can mean the smallest thing today, but it means you don't have to wake up and do a 15 hour day, like you said, no, or whatever. As much as those are great sometimes, yeah, no, you know, are. we love those when we're doing you, but that's what we when want. you're at the top of your, you know, yeah. Work, when you're in the of flow of things, like, right? I'm not going to stop. Yeah. But even when you are unmotivated, the important thing is maybe sit at your desk for two hours and write a little bit more. Yeah. You'll, you know, keep working on that script or those characters and develop it, even if it's a little bit, but you know, you've done something. Yeah. Uh, you've done more than, than the day before. You've That's done right. more than you do if you just stayed in bed or if you just stayed home to scratch your, you know, the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's the thing. Like you could give you Lewis mm. need to give advice to newcoming writers because you have a lot of experience in writing. Yeah. And a lot of young writers are discouraged now because of the competition, because they don't feel like their writing is good enough or because they get let down by people who are just in the industry and they feel like they're in the industry just by giving negative advice mm. and the situation we're in just doesn't help. Yeah. So in terms of advice, Ooh, advice. All right. How long do we have on this? This we have, right? We have 30. Actually, <laughs> count five minutes on the I love this counter. Um, Pac-Man. 
Yeah, that's actually a great question. I mean, my journey into writing was a little bit funny, right? I think I should just start there because like I, I didn't really get into the entertainment industry or whatever you want, theater and film till like I was 16 or 17 is when I started really thinking about it. And I never thought I was a writer. I, I, my favorite part about theater and film is collaboration, right? I love working with actors and writing to me sounded like this really insular process. Like you sit down in a room and you sort of, you're by yourself with your thoughts, which it is a little bit, which it is. Well, right? you know, now you don't even, you don't even need to be in a writer's room anymore. I just through zoom. Yeah. Oh, and don't saves, talk to me about and zoom. And it saves mate. time, doesn't it? Because you don't have to travel to a writer's room. You just can yeah. sit at home. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the hardest thing I found and the hardest thing that I think a lot of new writers find is we're talking about motivation, right? To sit down and, and it's easy to say right now, all right, sit down and work two hours on a script, but there's so many distractions in the world right now. And it is, it's just so easy to, to fall off the wagon with a little bit. My, I, I would say the main thing is you would be surprised how many people, how many writers don't actually finish their scripts. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm and I'm talking like if you finish a screenplay, if you finish a play script, you are ahead of the curve by like eighty percent of people. hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and that in itself is a, an achievement, right? I just finished reading this book. I mean, it's a great book for beginners. I. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with a lot of what it had to say, but I think it's a great starting point. Save the cat. Oh, I've heard of save the yeah, cat. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've read this book, but. It is like we were talking about before. It is the blueprint for the Hollywood film. And this guy, I actually can't remember his name right now, but he wrote and sold spec scripts for his entire life to Disney, to, to Universal, to all these big companies. And he essentially laid out this blueprint, right? And there's some amazing rules in there. If you don't read the whole book and you want to become a screenwriter or whatever, turn to the back. There's some amazing rules in there. But his main thing is, is that most screenwriters, you'd be surprised, just do not even finish that script. And you can't sell a script if you don't finish no, it. No, obviously. Yeah. You can't produce it, right? But that's a whole loop that you're getting into. Yeah. I know a lot of young writers that just have like 15 unfinished scripts. Sometimes just sit down and finish <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough not, though, okay, isn't it? I know it's, it's tough. tough yeah. It's tough. Especially when you have to get to the end of the story and mm. decide how to end it. But it's just, you know, there's so many memes about it on filmmaking yeah. pages on Instagram. It's just like this continuous series like, oh, you get up with an idea, you start writing, you tell everyone and then you start, get straight into back mm. writing it, but you never actually finish the story. Yeah. And, but that kind of builds, as I was saying, a habit mm. of just not finishing things. Yeah. And as you said, you know, young writers just need to not get discouraged by it. Yeah. But, no, it's on. tricky. Well, it's just, it's, it's just, one thing to say. I mean, I know something that is difficult is when you start a script, right? You're, you're, you're most excited, right? You've got this idea. You want to get out into the world, bam, straight pen to paper. That's what I used to do. When I first started writing plays and screenplays, I just jumped straight in without the planning stage, without doing my beat work or all these sort of technical things. And you can sort of work out your own process. But the point is, is that you need to go in with some sort of goal in mind. And what is great about Save the Cat and a lot of playwrights do this as well, the greatest playwrights of, our, of not our generation, but of all time, I'm thinking about like Arthur Miller, who wrote Death of a Salesman. Yeah. 
when he was writing that play, he he wrote what the core of the play was on a piece of paper in a single sentence. He wrote that down on a piece of paper and stuck it on his typewriter, right? And every line he wrote for that play, he looked up at that piece of paper and said, is it serving that line? And, and in film, that's the log line, that's right? The, yeah. That is the log line. That is the it one is, yeah. line that, that sums up your film. And that has to be- Your aim. It's gotta be shit hot and it's gotta be, yeah, it's gotta be the goal. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, you do get sidetracked a lot when you're when you're starting to write. Mm. You just go off and these. You just go to remember what the point of the story is, and yeah. that's actually a really good practice. Never thought of it that way. Yeah, it, it is. It is really important because, as I said, we do get excited, and when we're excited, when we jump into new projects, I don't know about you, Sammy, but I I just get <laughs> yeah. You guys, it's just a new excitement. Yeah, thing. you get just so, so excited. Like, yes, I'm starting this. Yeah, carrying on. You got so many ideas. You get to a point where you're like, where am I going with this? Yeah, absolutely. Then you get to like halfway or even near the end, you're like, where where it just completely different to the yeah. start, and it's like, where where am I supposed to go? Yeah, and that's why keeping an an eye on the aim, keeping an eye on the story of the film or the point of the scripts mm. is important. Mm. So you don't get sidetracked. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure that is boiled down into one or two sentences and, and they've got to be, I mean, look up how to structure log lines, look up how to structure these sentences because they're not just sort of roughly what the story is about. They include everything. They include your theme. They include, you know, your protagonist, your conflict, all these things that you need to make great film, the, the films that we love seeing. Right. So if you're a budding screenwriter, make sure you're looking up that stuff. Read Save the Cat, even though there are problems with it. Certainly, it was, no, it was written a lot of time super ago. recommended by so many people in the industry. Yeah. So many people have mentioned Save the Cat, and it's just the, the most... I mean, the most simple way you can put screenwriting in is just a good way to learn it. Mm. The basics of the Hollywood film industry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, and I would say not even... Not even Hollywood, right? I mean, that, I guess that's that is everywhere. the issues that I have with the book, right? That it is so Hollywood centric, so right? Hollywood. But that's it. I'm not trying to shit on the Hollywood industry because honestly, that's where <laughs> that's that's where it started. Let's just yeah, of course. But it's you know we we can't overlook the way films are shot in the UK. I mean, most of the studios where big films are shot in are in the UK and there's so much going on here. Mm. That's why I don't get people that just aim for Hollywood. I'm like, there's so many good films shot here. Where are you trying to go? Yeah, like and. Hollywood is competition. Everyone's in the film industry in one way or another in Hollywood, but the UK is not, it's fresh. Yeah. And there's new minds, there's different kinds of ideas. So stop searching mm. for Hollywood. And the same concept of save the fact, uh, save the cat can be applied here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, don't, don't look for Hollywood. Yeah. I would say, um, make sure as well, if you're a filmmaker, <laughs> make sure you use the great resource that is the BFI as well. Oh, yes. That is an amazing, so amazing, and amazing plus, resource. Get so many, you know, so much out of it. Yeah, under twenty fives. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Lewis. yeah. That, that's. Under, uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk sorry, about Lewis. that. That's been hard. Under that's been really, really under hard. Under twenty fives get like I think five pound films. You can go and watch any of the yep. films that they have in archive. Absolutely. Anything for five pounds, and it's such a great resource. They have a huge library a huge, you know, physical library of mm. things uh, which you can go and watch your films and uh, just access this 24 seven. So yeah. if you can go whenever you want. Yeah. And, and they're always running grants and programs for your, for, for, for emerging filmmakers. You know, I've been working with, um, 
Christine Hartland at Patchwork Productions. That was that was for my final year in university. She's an amazing producer, right? And she's got a uh, a spec script that was built with the BFI, right? And they've been going back and forth over the course of about two years. This is how long it takes for some films, <laughs> does, right? Yeah. Um, going back and forth, you know, getting writers on to help with the script, et cetera. But they are so supportive. And, you know, you think of them as like this big organization that doesn't really no, they you have know, stick so their hands. Much. They they are everywhere, and they do want to support British filmmaking as well. Yes, and they also have a lot, a lot of connections with Baftas. Mm. They have a lot of programs that have to do with Baftas and mentoring sessions. I've managed to um, to have long mentoring sessions with Callum McRae. I don't know if you know who Callum McRae. No, I don't is. know Callum. He's a um, multiple Bafta nominated uh, documentary filmmaker, wow. which uh, did a lot of um, work in Ireland to do with the IRA and so many great documentaries is just everywhere in terms mm. of war, civil war. And, you know, most of these connections come from the BFI and the BAFTA programs and they're just so valuable because mm. mentoring is valuable. There's other people like, oh, you, don't, oh, you don't need mentors. No, you do. Yeah. It's important to get feedback from industry professionals and the BFI offers them for free mm. to students, especially film students in London. You can just go in and... Do you know what I mean? Get on that, gang. That sounds yeah. fantastic. They have, uh, as you said, programs which help fund films after like £20,000 mm. or £30,000, uh, sending scripts and whatnot. And a lot of places in England have this for young directors, like Channel 4 or ITV. They will have these programs just about going on and Googling it. Yeah. Write down your script, write down your idea, develop it, and then they give you the funds to make them. Yeah. Like, what's better? Yeah. Uh, when did you ever have such resources? Oh, it's an incredible time. Yeah. It's insane. Again, 30,000 pounds make a lot of difference when you have no budget. Mm. You can make great films out of it. Oh, great films. It's not about the. And hey, it's about the budget. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a little bit about the money. It's a little bit about the budget. Yeah. They have these these amazing resources, and everyone should get used to it, especially because a lot of people that, well, I don't know how many people actually listen to me Mm. or us on here. Well, you know, my mother's definitely are, watching. Yeah. yeah, but like most of them are within our age range and should have, should just make use of it, not look over it because it's, it's it's important. Yeah, man. I mean, it's some it's an amazing place to be under twenty five. It's an amazing place to is be that, over twenty five as well. Don't it? get me wrong, I but mean, you're not far from it. I'm sure, but, you can, I'm sure you can go in and be like, yeah, I'm twenty five. No, I get, don't, I don't get ID anymore at the know? shops. It's okay. a bit depressing. Um, I but I remember when I first came to London, right? And you know, Sydney, two thousand and sixteen. It was, it was 2016. I don't even know that. Sam's been doing his research. No, um, it's important, isn't it? You know, you know, coming from, from Sydney, right? You, the culture and, and the artistic scene over here, you can't even compare it to what was happening in Sydney. You know, Sydney's got things going on, obviously, but London is this, this hub in, on the international stage, right? And when I first came here, I was blown away by the support, the programs, that the, uh, I mean, theatres especially, I probably know more about theatres and film, but, you know, tickets, the National, the Almeida, the Young Vic, all these guys, they give free tickets, cheap tickets. Um, they've got directors programs, actors programs, you know, like if you want to do, if you want to be in this industry. London. L- London is w- one of the best places to be. It's, and- not even, it's not even LA anymore. It's just London, isn't it? That's right. And there's nothing to stop you. Yeah, because LA now is just. I'm not saying it's just for the top dogs. Yeah. But there's less assistance for young directors. Mm. Here is just, everyone's just starting off. Yeah. The film industry in London is so fresh and so various. It's just, it's just a place to be. And you were saying, um, 
what's it called? What, the difference between Australia and here. Yeah. Talk more about it. Talk more. What was like the film? No, because we were saying before that theatre is a huge launch pad for directors, mm. for screenwriters, for costume designers, for makeup artists. Yeah. And it shouldn't be looked down on. Yeah. Oh no, oh, absolutely <clears throat> never look down on theatre. I mean that's where, important. That is where I that's where it started. I started off and it is my my only, oh, I was going to say only love there. Sorry, oh, Becky. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, God. You know, it was my original love. I mean, my my father, right, when I was a kid, was a, was the theatre director and producer. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so produced. No wonder you got this love for it. Then. I know. I mean, I. it's so funny, right? So many kids don't want to follow in their, their parents' footsteps, but he came over to London at roughly the same age. He stayed in London for eight years, was on the West End as an actor. He did fantastically well, right? Um, but then he came home and he produced his own plays and directed his own plays. And my first memories were going to the theatre, you know, when I was four, five, six years old, you know, being in the rehearsal room, being there on opening night, the, the liveness of it, the experience, the atmosphere, I know it's cliche to say, but the electricity in the room. And I mean, I get a it's different, not, I get a cliche. different electricity when I go into a cinema these days. I think I have a newfound appreciation, particularly over the past year and a half for, for amazing film. Um, but being in the theater for me, whether it's a fringe venue in London, whatever, there is this feeling that like, I'm sure every, all yeah, artists get, get butterflies it. butterflies in your yeah, stomach, especially yeah. when, even if you go to your own screenings in cinemas, it's just, it's just different. Mm. And that's one, that's one thing that Tarantino was talking about. You know, Tarantino, do you know, do you know yeah, about Tarantino? Tarantino? No, he's an yeah, upcoming he's, filmmaker, yeah, isn't he? He's, he's, he's all pretty right. fresh in the scene. Yeah, but he was talking hope he about, goes all right. <laughs> he was yeah. talking about the fact that now everything is moving to streaming, but it's just mm. not the same thing. Mm. When you go to a cinema and watch a film with all the spectators, all the people that actually go there and enjoy it with you and you feel the emotions, whether it's yeah. theater or cinema, you feel the emotions of the people watching mm. uh, to the scenes that you've created. It's yeah. just, it's just different. Oh my God. That's why film has to Incomparable. be enjoyed together. You can't just enjoy it on a phone on your way to, to work no. or on your laptop in your bedroom. It's cinema. Mm. And I think now people are going to start appreciating, appreciating cinema more now that we've been in lockdown for the past year and a half. Yeah. But, Theatre is where it started. Yeah. And as I told you, I know a lot of people which are professionals in the film industry, which are still working in theatres. Mm. And it's probably going to always be like that. Yeah, of course. I mean, just jumping off what you said before there as well. I mean, I can't remember the last time I went to a cinema before the other week, right? Certainly not... You went to, you went I to went to the cinema. Where? What did you I went to the cinema? I went to Picture House Central, right? Which is one of my favorite Ooh, cinemas in London. Yes. Get that student membership, by the way. It's great. 30 That's quid. The, 30 quid. Um, I went and saw, and here we go. And this is exactly oh, no the point you were just saying. Yeah. I just went and saw Chloe Zhao's No Man Lad. And here's the thing, right? I don't know if I should be saying this on camera or on a pod, right? But I sat in that cinema and it, it was it was sad in places, of course, but I literally sat there and bawled my eyes out for almost half that film. And it wasn't so much to do with the film. I mean, the film is incredible. If you haven't seen it, go and see. I mean, Chloe is just what she's done. The fact that she wrote, directed and edited it's that film so herself so and won Best Picture. I mean, it is just I think uh, that is not going to bring change to the game in Hollywood because Oscars were such, you know, just 
politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean? I mean, that's a whole no, different yeah. conversation, that's right? Okay. So, like, like, but do you know what I mean? Like the fact that she actually edited and she's she's so fresh to the scene now, mm. got introduced to Hollywood is just amazing. I need to watch the film. You need to watch the film. I but, haven't seen it. But here's is, here's the point, right? I came home after crying my eyes out in that cinema. I came home and said to my housemate, right, you need to watch this film. And he said, and I'm sure he's going to listen to this and he's going to, he's going to hate me for telling everyone this, but he said, all right, I'm just going to watch it on Disney plus. Right. Oh, come on. And these services, right. They are amazing. They've given a platform to a lot of filmmakers and a lot of, a lot of people, but it's incomparable. The experience you get and you're, and you're selling yourself short. And I strongly, strongly believe that cinema will never die will never die because people understand that experience and people will come back. There's just a very few people now that actually appreciate it though. It will Especially come. the new generation. So yeah. Yeah. like it's not the same thing as it was before. And that's one thing that Tarantino was scared of, the fact that cinema is going to die because people are just going to move to stream. But I don't think so. I, as you said, you're never going to not love cinema. Yeah. Grab your popcorns, go into a dark room and watch a film on, mm. on a big ass screen. Yeah. In 2K. In 2K, yeah. No, they were just all in uh, 2K. Yeah, all of the. I mean... Why are you shooting an AK for? Just pan. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like with so many things at the moment, with the introduction of the internet, you know, like me... I don't, I don't know if you were old enough, but I remember when the internet was We're sort of six. not a thing. Yeah, but did you ever use dial-up internet? No. No. Look at him. He's just giving no, me that face, that? right? What is dial-up internet, right? When you actually had to connect. You had this little box, right, that would connect you to the internet. You couldn't just go onto Google. You'd have to load up the internet That's first. That's amazing. Yeah, look at this. Six but, years just, different. And just Sammy, six doesn't years even, Sammy doesn't even <laughs> know what that I mean? is. But uh, <laughs> back to the point I was making, right? is the introduction of the internet has changed the way that we consume content, right? And right now we are in a period of instability in terms of we don't exactly know the role that internet is where it's going to settle or if it's going to settle. But I strongly believe, and maybe this is the optimist in me, but it's a, it's a pendulum right now, as Bo Burnham would say. And, and where we've swung really far one way, we've got so much content out there, you know, all the social medias, et cetera, et cetera. See, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not a bad it's thing. Not I bad, mean, but I don't want cinema to end up like the blockbusters. Yeah, blockbuster. <laughs> I mean, but I do believe the pendulum it will swing back because as we become more and more digital, as things move further and further online, I think there's something deep down within yeah, us, appreciate more in our core that says no. We have we are social human beings, and there is something yeah, about going absolutely. to the cinema that like, connects us on, to each it other. Can't, it can't end like that. No, blockbusters a thing. Come on, just blockbusters. Is you remember blockbuster? I'm really surprised. You remember Blockbuster? I remember Blockbuster. I still had Blockbusters and that's where you'd go and get films. Yeah. And now so streaming can get them on easily. You can buy films from Amazon or whatnot. Yeah. That's the thing. That's that was doomed to, to come to an end at mm. some point. But the appreciation for cinema never will. Yeah. Like, you know, IMAX, watching films at IMAX or or picture houses or mm. It's just, it's just different. It's just yeah, different. It is different. I mean, can I, this is a slight sidetrack here, but when you went to Blockbuster, in what format did you rent movies? Were they like DVDs? There was. Were they DVDs? And VHS. VHS, all VHS. right. You know what VHS I still is. Have, I still have 
Oh, shut up, mate. All right. We're just, <laughs> we're just, we're just six years apart on 50. I still have a TV which just plays VHS tapes. Yeah. And I still have a lot of the Disney classics. The Disney classics, you know, very nice. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Dumbo, mm. uh, Moulin Rouge. You're always quoting Cinderella as well, so that makes sense. Oh, is that the case? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, you love it. That little uh, crystal shoe. <laughs> but apart from that, we yeah. still... I think there's still a space for it. I actually still watch films on VHS sometimes just as a throwback. Yeah. Is that yours? No. What is that? We've got a ringing in the studio right now. Why have we got a ringing in the studio? I don't know. Lewis? Why are they calling? Okay, maybe that's our 11 minute timer. No, it's not. We're on, we're on 11, we've got 11 minutes left. That's what I just said. They shouldn't be calling our phone. They're distracting our podcast. Yeah. You're going to hear that in the background. I want to hear more about VHS. You want to hear more no, about no, VHS? No, no, I'm just really no, you know what? excited just, that you still watch VHS. Absolutely. Next to my TV, I heard, oh my God. Can what is just, that? Can you just go there, take it off and put it back? Yeah, what is that, a ringer? Yeah, it's just a phone. All right, all right give me a second. Pick up and tell them... Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption, guys. We're just going to be back in one second. They're just breathing at the monitor. Yeah, just put that. Can you not yank it off? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. They're going to make me pay for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, VHSs. Yeah. Still, I'm still very excited about VHSs and just that throwback. I still have so many. <laughs> Um, as I was saying next to my TV there's a TV which, with an integrated VHS player mm-hmm. on the 4x3 yeah cathode ray very nice we yeah. love it yeah and, and we're meant to be I mean there's still actually where I'm from in Italy there's still places that sell DVDs and VHS VHS yeah like but it was there's something so physical about VHSs and cassette tapes these things like actual tape I mean, speaking about Tarantino, right? You you can Shoot look up films. Yeah, you can look up all the interviews, right, of him talking about the difference between digital and film. And you know, Deacons talks about it a lot as well. Yeah, but absolutely. you know, there was something about the fact that you had to rewind these things. Yeah, right. right, right. Do you, you remember re- that? And there was that graininess that we that sort of still Yeah, that we sort of still seek in our films, you know what? right? Deacons doesn't shit on on like on film no but he just he just says he's, he just does prefer digital mm. and i see why you know film is where it started film has that authenticity to the look which not many people appreciate only people in it you know that are in the set to actually appreciate it yeah but digital offers so much more mm. it offers you to be able to make mistakes to go back into the editor and fix it but the the actual physical you know, what can I say? How can I say it? The the manual labor that went into actually shooting on film, yeah, cutting it by hand, sticking mm. it together. Yeah. It just that's what made a lot of people fall in love with actually shooting films. Was film. And there's a lot of people now that are going back into shooting film photos mm. because there's something just physical mm. about having, you know, stock and yeah. Stuff. But yeah, it's just. You I mean, I, I I met a couple the other day, right? And they were sitting at at a table at a restaurant, right? And they had on the table uh, a three pack of 
Kodak film. Oh, and I haven't seen Kodak in, Kodak in years, push. right? And I, and I said to them, wow, that's a brand I haven't seen in a while. And they said, yeah, you know, we're walking around London. We're doing a tour of London today and we're shooting on film. And I said, that is so amazing, right? Deakins still does that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Deakins takes his film camera out to go on a walk and takes pictures of film. Yeah, because, I mean... One thing it does is it makes you think about the shot that you're taking, right? One thing, and I fall for this all the time, since you've got an iPhone, right, or whatever, an Android, oh. right, and you see a subject, you can take a thousand photos and your photo and your phone's not going to blink. But with a camera, with film camera, you have to take the time. How are you going to frame? How are you going to compose your image? How are you going to light your image, right? And, and the thought that goes in, that photo, when it comes out, there's so much more meaning to it, right? I know. Right, it, but it, the, it means something to you. It's just that you feel you feel more attached to the process. Because as you were saying Absolutely. with the iPhones, you just go in and shoot. The lighting adjusts itself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The the um what's it called? The depth of field just that adapts itself. Mm. You can tell that it's shot on phone. Yeah. Because you know, phones aren't perfect. And mm. as much as people say that they've gotten closer, they're not, you can tell that they're digitally sharpened. Yeah. Whereas when you shoot on film, you just, it's just you, the camera and your knowledge mm. of lighting and everything that has to do with taking a picture. It's just a whole art behind it. Yeah. And shooting digital, shooting with phones just takes away. Mm. It's easy because you go in your back pocket and something just take out and shoot. But I think everyone nowadays should own a film camera. Yeah. Or a Super 8. <laughs> but, but I mean, like so many things, right? There are benefits to the technology we have. And then there no, are negatives there are. with all things, with all things, right? But but like you said, I mean, if, you, if you've if you heard Deacons talk about it, and we love Deacons here, we've we spoken about him enough, Deacons. right? But if you listen to him talking about how he was schooled and how he was educated and where he started, he started in, in stills. Yeah, most people. Yeah, Scorsese he, started in stills. He wasn't a doctor. Who's Scorsese? I don't know that. I don't know. Yeah, okay. yeah but <laughs> he started in Little Italy shooting stills. Look at that, because it gives you an appreciation for composition, right? For 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 lighting, and and Deacon says, right, if you are a budding filmmaker, you you know we're talking about your two hours every day sitting down working on your craft. Yeah, yeah. Go out and take photos, or don't even go out. Actually, go outside. It's lovely. Yeah, go outside. It's, it's lovely. Now in that we can go London outside, at the go moment. Outside. But go out, take stills, think about what you're shooting. Think about the way light hits subjects and 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 lights the world around you. And then you can take that into your films, right? But yeah, you, but but that is the way you could be working on your craft every day. But that's the thing though. You just develop an eye through that. You develop the the knowledge on lighting. Why? why this lighting works for this character, mm. why this angle works for this character, yeah. why this frame size works, so why the colors on the, because obviously different film starts come with different colors mm. and why they work for your shot, what you're trying to do. And then you start building a niche out of that. Yeah. You start building more than if you were taking pictures on iPhone mm. and that helps you to become a better filmmaker because mm. you understand your niche without having to be on set. It's just the eye and what works for you, what works for the story. And, what the character in your frame is trying to tell because it's not just about taking a picture of someone walking on the streets but where's that person going yeah where did that person come from mm. and what's it saying by the way it's you know walking standing portraying itself there's mm. so much that goes into it yeah and i think as you said it's not even being optimistic it's just the truth there's, as technology develops we're going to appreciate the old things much more mm. 
we're going to appreciate film, uh, cinemas, and physical DVDs. Yeah. I get a lot of people that come to my house and they're like, how, how have you got so many DVDs? You know, I've, I've got shelves yeah. full of DVDs. Mm. And they're like, why? I'm like, mm. because it's, I don't, I'd rather buy one on Amazon mm. than, than just watch it on stream one time or rent it. And it's just, I just like having it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, I, I really, I appreciate that you have DVDs as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> DVDs, Wait, I'm like, hold on a minute. Like, it's not like we're so much different in age. Come on, this is just a little- that, Doesn't know dial-up internet. There's enough yeah. gap for but you it, to be able right. to know what dial-up internet is and but, for me not to know. But here's the thing, right? I mean, going back to that, thing we were saying about how much content there is out there, the content that cuts through to me, and I don't watch a lot of content, right? I, I'm not a big consumer of content. I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm not a really big social media user or anything like that, but the content that does get through to me and the stuff that I really, really appreciate is the stuff where I can see where that person has left some of themselves on the page, have left some of themselves on the screen. I'm going to say this because I've, I've said it to everyone that I've met over the past like week and a half. Go and see Bo Burnham's Inside. It's on Netflix. If you're a filmmaker, go and watch it. This guy, mate, if you don't know Bo, Bo Burnham, he is a- <laughs> This guy, mate. This guy, if you don't know him, he was a comedian. He took five years off um, from performing due to like anxieties, yeah. all, the, all these sorts of different things. But he came back, right? Over the past year in lockdown, he wrote, shot and edited graded everything his own special in a in a single room and the filmmaking the creativity it is the greatest work of art i've seen in the past year and a half Just and i don't say that lightly creativity yeah and and if you want some inspiration go and see that find work that inspires you and yeah keep That's creating what vimeo mate. is good for vimeo yes vimeo Vimeo. Yeah, I know Vimeo, right. Vimeo, Vimeo, Vimeo is good. Vimeo yeah, is still quality. it's no DVD, it's no VHS, but yes, all right. Oh, come on, man. But anyway, go watch, what is it? Bo Burnham's, Bo Burnham's Inside. Trust me. Guys, we have one minute on the clock mm. and we have to be out of here. Yeah. What are you going to charge me extra? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. Sammy's picked the most expensive podcast studio no, in London. But that's, that's quality, man. It's it quality. is quality. Look at no, this no, backdrop. Should we pull that's out? a thousand pounds right there. Of course, no. but you know, that's why we're in here like once every two weeks. Yeah. But anyways, Lewis, I, I would love to talk more, but you're, yeah. you're just expensive. So thank you very much for coming. Thanks. It was very nice to talk to you finally mm. outside of uh, working conditions. Yeah. Uh, and you've given a lot of great knowledge. Yeah. So thank you very much. And, and can I just say, guys, if, if anyone, if you are an emerging playwright or screenwriter or director um, and you want some help with anything or you're just stuck with a project, email me, Louis, L-O-U-I-S at magneticisland.org.uk or check us out online and um, let's have a chat. Yeah, let's plug everything. Well, I'm just plugging me. I'm not plugging the company or anything. Nah. Just, just me. I'm here to help. It's shameless. Yeah. You know, it is shameless. He, he proofreads script for free. Yeah, I'll give you five pages of feedback. Oh, come on, three. No, three. no, I won't do that. Three I, won't, page. I won't do that, but I will have a no, chat three with you. Page feedback just for typers. Yeah, I'll, I'll use my word check on word. We gotta go. Yeah, all right, let's go. See you later, guys. See Thank you later, you. guys.